After working long hours and seeing countless numbers of patients, you expect to be paid fairly and promptly by insurance companies. How can you ensure this will happen? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is nationally known nurse expert and author Karen White Gibson. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to join you today. Thank you, Karen. How did you get interested in insurance reimbursement? Well, initially, as a child, my father was the superintendent for a major auto insurance company, and I often heard him discussing what was necessary for them to justify paying out a claim. Sometimes I felt that it was unfair to the person who owned the insurance. Later, I opened a private duty and home health care agency and relied on insurance reimbursement for patients who did not have private funds or did have private funds but had great major medical insurance. This necessitated my utilizing the terms that I had incorporated over the years through osmosis during my father's conversations about insurance. Knowledge of both medical terms and this experience helped me to help the insurance claims adjusters pay the claim because sometimes they have to justify their own existence. (laughs) Using the terms dilatory and negligent often caused them to act and do something about a claim where they would not before, where they then feared that you were going to initiate some kind of action against them, and insurance companies don't like to be called dilatory or negligent. Wow, most of us don't uh, have the advantage of learning this as a child. Uh, Tell us, what does dilatory and negligent mean to them? Well, it means that they're putting you off when they shouldn't. They're keeping money that they shouldn't. And negligence is just like in medical profession. It's negligence in avoiding paying something that's going to cause the patient additional trauma or some kind of a, a problem or death because they're not paying for something and they're not able to get the services due to them not paying. So what can we do in our practices to maximize the reimbursement that we do get? Well, finding out from the insurance company a lot of information initially when you take on a patient and the treatment codes are words that are necessary to fulfill that specific insurance company's needs. And often what we would do at my agency, and we had thousands of patients and actually dealt with them over years sometimes, the same patient, but we would have three different people call into the insurance company from my agency with a form that we filled out asking them all kinds of questions about what was covered before we ever even told them what the patient had, just a general thing. And it was amazing to find out how many different things we would find out from different claims adjusters that would answer the phone. And then, of course, they came out with these different softwares that they have to use different codes or words to justify treatments. And often, just in conversation with them, you can find out from them what they need. And then, again, we build each one three times over. We do it through the mail, on the computer, even through hand deliveries and postal mail to ensure that they signed for mail, that they had received bills, because we went to some insurance companies locally and found out that they were just throwing the mail in the corner and not paying the bills. We found that calling every few days after the billing and continually calling got the bill paid faster because they don't want to hear from you that often. Doesn't that cost a lot of money to have somebody continuously hound the insurance company to to get them to do what they're supposed to be doing already? Not really. I had one person that just did that all week, and it really got a lot of money in faster and got a lot of bills paid because the moment they say there was a delay for some reason, either myself or somebody else would get on the phone and start dealing with what was delaying it. It also made sure that they were paying because if you let it go too long and then they determine $20,000 later that they're not paying, it's too late. Mm -hmm. But if you can nip it in the bud with a smaller bill, 
you're much better off. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. You know, and I also found that sometimes if you broke up bills and sent them in as smaller bills, they get paid faster because especially if they're really high bills, their reinsurance company often has to look at things and they sometimes use that as a delay tactic too. And it doesn't have to go through quite so many people to get okayed for payment if it's a smaller bill. So if you can break it up into segments, it may get paid faster. And then there are a few small collection agencies that will actually just send out notices for $12 a piece and threats of collection to get them to act. If even that doesn't help, then you can always try calling the executives of that company. And often that will work because they don't like to get the calls either. But if that doesn't work, most state departments of insurance have a free form that you can get. I know we do in Illinois and, and several other states that I've dealt with that you can just fill out a report form to the State Department of Insurance. While they might not have the authority to force somebody to pay, the insurance companies really don't like having to file a report back to them as why they're not paying. Plus, it gives you a written information as to why they say they're not paying and they're admitting that they're not paying, which you can utilize against them in the future. Uh, Please continue. What else can we do? Well, I said, um, you know, lastly, filing in small claims court, usually against a company for at least a portion of the bill, will usually help because usually there's a determination in each state as to how much you can file for. I had a particular case where a woman needed IV therapy, and we charged $1,500 for several weeks of IV therapy, and we got denied on the insurance claim. And I was furious because we did it at a really low cost. And they said, well, you can call the doctor who determined this for us. He's our consultant. He's an ob Well, he wasn't particularly the one that should have been deciding this anyway. I called him, and he said, the reason I denied it is because I've never been paid for using my brains. I've only been paid for using my hands or something. Hmm. It didn't make any sense at all. Hmm. So I took the $1,500 bill, and I took it to small claims court. And my husband, having been a police detective, was teaching me how to testify in in different cases in that. And he said, you know, the lawyers for this insurance company will most probably get this transferred to downtown Chicago, where we're at, and they will try to take it into federal court because it's under what they call the ERISA laws. This particular person had lost her husband, and it was through workman's comp, and her age was older. Well, that's exactly what they did. They had it transferred to federal court. Well, I wasn't going to hire an attorney to go down to federal court, it would have cost me more than the $1,500. So I took pictures of her injury. I got a letter from her. I made copies for the other lawyer because that's what's required. And I went into court myself. Hmm. And the judge asked me, you know, who <laughs> was the attorney? And I said, well, I'm, you know, the nurse, and I brought this information. The attorney for the insurance company spoke up and said, you know, this person didn't need skilled care, and we're denying it on that. And <laughs> the judge said to him, you know, you're going to make a class action suit out of this if you keep this up, you insurance companies. Well, as it went on, I kept telling the judge about the other things that had been denied for this woman, her ambulance, her future hospitalization, her surgery. It ended up that he took information from me. We went out to have a um, <laughs> a little recess, and the attorney came up to me and said, you have no right being here. Only a federal lawyer can practice in federal court. I said, well, I told him I'm a nurse. I'm not an attorney. He said, well, he's not allowed to speak to you. It's against the law. So I called my husband. And I said, what do I do now? And he said, go back in and tell the judge. So when I went back in and the judge asked me a question, I said, I'm sorry, I can't answer you. And he said, why, you were very knowledgeable to begin with. I said, yes, but I didn't know it was against the law to speak to you. (laughs) He said, well, who told you that? Well, obviously then he gave a pro bono lawyer, a free lawyer, to the patient. He asked me what the bills of the other vendors were, which amounted, I think, up to one hundred and fifty dollars or $200,000, and ordered them to pay everything. 
Hmm. So hmm. you can go in and do this. Or, you know, nurses seem to get a lot of sympathy from judges. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can always have your nurse do it. But, um, you know, things that have been previously denied, often you can't. And it didn't cost me anything to do that. Hmm. Other than your time, of course. Other than my time, right. Yeah. So who do you find actually makes these decisions when they deny claims? Who's on the other end of this? Well, in these days, it could be anybody. It used to always be consultant physicians, which it sometimes is now. But many times you have nurses doing it, and sometimes you have laymen doing it. Hmm. And, And it's basically they're trying to find glitches in the contract that will say that they're allowed to deny it for one reason or another. But you can often fight them. I mean, I had one that was denied, and and I I got all mine paid. I mean, I had 100% of them paid. But I had one that they denied. They said they had sent a letter to the patient. Well, the patient required 24-hour care. She never even got the mail, and they said that they were telling her that they were going to future deny it. Well, the fact that they did this with a patient that was not even you know, able to understand this, they had to pay it to me. And I mean, I just told them, you have to pay it because you can't do this. And you have to have a person that I think knows medicine and is willing to be confident in telling them they have to do it. Because very often they will do it when you tell them they have to, because they're just trying to delay it to accrue interest on the money. Now, you started off by telling us about dilatory and negligent. When would you start using those words with the insurance companies? As soon as they said they weren't going to pay something. Okay, so on the first denial. And um, can you give us a a sample sentence of how that might sound? (laughs) Well, I would say, you know, this patient is going, you're becoming an obstacle to this patient getting care, and there could be serious repercussions. And, you know, the action that you're taking is very dilatory. You're trying to deny this. And, you know, you're very negligent in what you're doing, which could cause a great trauma to the patient. And you bring up an an excellent point I actually hadn't thought of that, uh, you know, my feeling was I thought the insurance companies did these delay tactics just to try to exhaust us and that maybe we'd give up and go away. Uh, But certainly your point about that they're accruing interest as long as they hold on to the money seems to be a good one. Right. And I, I actually went to a case manager's meeting where these companies that are case managers and so forth and the insurance companies were in meetings. They didn't even know who I was. They invited me, and they didn't know who I was. And they were talking about the nerve of nurses and doctors wanting to be paid to talk to them about these cases. And I said, well, you know, you're getting paid while you're on the phone talking to them, and you don't even know about the patient. So is there a way, uh, you mentioned the um, kind of continuing education meetings, is there a way we can go to those meetings to find out what the inside story is? You know, you certainly could. There's a lot of, first of all, a lot of physical therapy companies offer continuing education credits to especially nurse case managers. Now, I became a certified case manager because I wanted to be able to fight with the case managers because they started out not even being medical people, and they'd go to my patient's house and try to find things pretending that they were on the side of the patient and then utilizing it against the patient and against their care. So there is an organization that you can join or best you would have your nurses join, at least one of your nurses in the office, the certified case managers, go and take the test, take the information, and then know what they're looking for to be able to justify things. Right. Any other tips on maximizing our reimbursement? Well, you should know the usual and customary rates for procedures in your area. You can ask them that. Will they satisfy you? If not, you can always ask for a higher rate to be approved, and it's usually done by zip code, but you can request a higher rate. You always want to know what the policy limits are because, and where the patient is at with those limits because if you're providing care and somebody else has already hit the limits and their bill is going to get there first, then you may very well not get paid at all. Mm-hmm. 
So you have to learn not only what their lifetime limit is, it might be a million, it might be five million, but then you learn that the company will only pay out so much per month or per year, and you need to know that before you start providing the care. And then, of course, you need to know filing claims, what must be included, and how long do they expect you to get reimbursed? At what point are they going to expect to be reimbursing? It sounds like you really have got this wired. I, I, I spent 30 years getting paid by insurance companies, yeah. <laughs> and that one got away from me. <laughs> it sounds like we need to send a thank you note to your father as well. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You do. Well, thank you so much for your tips today. We've been discussing how to maximize your insurance reimbursements with Karen White Gibson. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.